It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Well, it is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the new Shine FM. I am Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is the session. The session, yes. How are you? I'm doing good. Got your laps in? I got my laps in. All right. Very important month here now. It is. It's one of my favorite months of the year. And I was actually telling the vice president over this past weekend, how we're headed into what at our house we call the month of celebration. But we, you and I, Scott, call it love month. That's right. That's right. February is love month, so it's all about relationships this month. Now, we have a lot of new folks listening to Shine FM, Tom, so we probably should explain ourselves. Okay. First of all, families are at the heart of what heritage deals with marriage. That's right. So when we get to the month of Valentine's Day, right. that's a very important time for Tom. Also, it is Tom's anniversary. And since Tom is a guy, and as guys, we are sometimes challenged with trying to remember things. <laughs> you made sure you got married on what day? Well, my wife picked Valentine's Day, Scott, so she would have all of Hallmark on her side helping me remember. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so how many, how many Valentine's Days is it now? It will be 46 on this one coming up. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. That, yeah. that is something to celebrate. Praise the Lord. I know. Amen. That's just yeah. great. All right. So today, as we begin Love Month and we begin this uh, month of talking about relationships and marriages, we're going to dive into the top nine lies that destroy marriage. And knowing you and I, this might take two weeks. Well, we yeah, go the, the whole Love Month. Hopefully not. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can get to some other topics, too. Yeah, I hope so. All right. We got this initially from a, a Twitter feed from uh, Jim Daly. That's right. And focus on the family. And he, he put this together for us, and we're kind of working off of that. But before we dive into that, we dive into God's Word, Tom. Out of Matthew 19, 4 to 6. And I think this, we begin to put into perspective what our God calls and wants in marriage. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Yeah, I remember that. And the King James is put asunder. Put asunder. Put asunder. Sometimes our wife wants to put us under. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good dad joke. Um, <laughs> all right. So the top nine lies that destroy marriage. The first one, the first lie is that happiness is the primary goal. Tom, you wanted to be happy 46 years ago. I did, yeah. But the significant difference, if we compare happiness, and we, Kathy and I have had an incredible long run of happiness. However, the difference between happiness compared to joy, happiness is a temporary fleeting feeling. So we're talking about a temporary thing as opposed to the longevity of joy. That's true. 
And the, the foundation of joy, the context of joy, is that feeling we have on the inside because we know that Jesus died for our sin and we have eternal life, Scott, to look forward to. So your tie in a relationship to Jesus to happiness and marriage. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. That they might go together. They might. Yeah. They might. No, I'm not. No no rabbit holes today. <laughs> Number two of the top nine lies that destroy marriages from Jim Daly and Focus on the Family, marriage is all about unity, not individuality. Tom, you're going to have to help me with something here. Okay. All right. In our passage out of Matthew 19, the two shall become one flesh. Right. Shouldn't marriage be about unity, not individuality? Okay, now you're meddling, Scott. <laughs> but let's unpack it some more. To start with, in the passage out of, of Matthew, when we talk about two, this is the only time I know mathematically. Now, maybe someone with a higher math mind than I have might have a different opinion. But this is the only case I know of where one plus one, one whole wife, one whole husband, put it together should be two, but actually they're one. They become one in a lot of what they think, what they do, the oneness of the physical side of marriage. So it is so close emotionally. The acceptance, the approval that we feel from our spouses makes it one. So even though there's two, we become one. Now, now that we're one in the marriage, we still have to have space. Oh, now I'm talking out of both sides oh, of my mouth. Oh, boy. That's, I, could, I can actually hear somebody looking at the radio and saying that, Tom. So how would you respond to that? Well, and so what we're talking about, in the, in the marriage, it's okay to have your time and space if it's a just balance. It will help you regenerate yourself as you invest more in your marriage. But I think we're going to see more of that here in a few minutes. Okay. All right. We will continue to dive into this. It's So... It is possible to smother your partner under the guise of unity. Right. I know my wife is very much a, like when we go on a trip, it's five hours and a little bit from here to the in-laws in Michigan. Okay. When we come back, I know that the first thing I do is unload the car. And then I ask Sherry, where do you want to go? And where she goes, I go the opposite because I know she needs some her time to unwind. Okay. Because five hours with my granddaughter in the car yeah. can be a little overwhelming. I, I get you. So we, and no, I'm not saying my granddaughter is a problem. She has downs and she she can be loud and she she's active in the car. So it gets kind of overwhelming for my wife. So she has to have some downtime. Right. And so, so what we're saying is it's okay to have that. It's still okay to have the individual thing that you need. Right while still being one in the marriage. Yeah. I, you know, I think Dr. Dobson years ago put it in perspective, and I've always remembered it because it was great. He said, sometimes I just need some football time. I Amen. Sit, yeah, <laughs> I knew you would like that, Scott, <laughs> where I would just sit in my chair and, and watch football and kind of be mindless for a while. Yep. And for a lot of years, you know, watching the Browns, it was like that. You had to be mindless. That's right. Otherwise, you'd, you'd lose your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It since is is different and changed, but that time where we have time and space to be ourselves helps in 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 what we would call wellness, which is the healthy uh, medicine, if you will, Scott, to burnout. If we don't have any time and space to be a person, then we are going to burn out. We are going to give and give and, and believe it or not, even in our marriages, to a point where it's been said that there are givers 
and there are takers in marriage. Well, that's that emotional bank account thing. That's right. So if we do all the giving and we have no space or way to have any emotional deposits put in our, our accounts, we're going to burn out. Okay. And we can even burn out in marriage, which is sad. We're talking about the nine lies that can destroy marriage today on the session. Number three, the only thing couples need is love. So this, this kind of takes me back to the Beatles. Okay. All you need is love. Yes. I didn't think they could sing either, so don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to give up your day job. <laughs> I don't want to know. We don't want to do that. So what's what's the deal with the only thing couples, I mean, that's all we need, Tom. We love each other. What more is there? Oh, well, that's true. There might be a few other things, Scott. Yeah. Well, <laughs> An income would be good. <laughs> that's true. Do you want a roof over your head? You know, and that's where, where some young people think, I know I want to marry Susie as an example. Okay, that's great, but how are you going to provide for her? Right. Well, that's important, and we do want to provide, but what are you going to do with your career? Well, how's that impact your career? Thankfully, Kathy and I together over those 46 years have worked seriously on in the beginning. You know, we, I put her through Ohio State, and then she put me through Ohio State. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally and figuratively. She's a great typist. <laughs> She, she understands more of, a, of what I graduated with than I do. <laughs> so what's the importance of, okay, so there is more than love involved. There's a commitment involved. Yeah, let's talk about that. That, that my commitment to you, one, one would define love and marriage as my commitment to my marriage partner to always find a reason to love or evidence to love. So that's huge. So not only is there commitment, Scott, how about personal relationship with Jesus. There you go again. Okay, what am Bringing I Bringing this whole Jesus thing into marriage. Yeah, I mean, I, come on, Tom. We <laughs> love each other. What more do we need? Well, you know, that's true. It reminds me of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, where the scriptures talk about a threefold cord. And if I held this cord up, now we're on the radio, I understand that, but folks, it looks like it would look like a rope. But if I showed you the end of it, Scott, you would see the three strands so tightly wrapped together. That's what healthy Christian marriage is about, you, Jesus, and your spouse. And so now we help each other grow closer to Jesus, which he wants in the first place. We end up then becoming more Christ-like, and we glorify the Father more, which is what he wanted in the first place. And that kind of ties us together more closely as a couple as well. Mm-hmm. as we unite spiritually. So now let's look at the potential for what else is, is necessary in, in marriage. I, I think this is fundamental. When I learned it from Dr. Egridge probably 15 plus years ago, the way I learned his material in love and respect was I applied it to my marriage. Kathy's always been happy. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and likewise, was a step ahead of me and, and already basically doing what Dr. Egwich talked about, the four top needs that women have. See, they're a little more complex, Scott, than we are. We have one, they have four. Okay, that puts a lot in perspective. (laughs) We'll talk later. (laughs) (laughs) But those four are love, cherish, value, and important. I've literally had husbands, Scott, 
who have written those down and taped them to the monitor on their computer so that they could look at them and they could go home and say, oh, honey, I was thinking about you in those four because it kept popping up on their... <laughs> they would see on their... Well, if that's what it takes. That's true. And so that is also an important part and what it takes in marriage other than just love. Because what happens the first time somebody messes up in marriage if it's only about love? You know, you... For heaven's sakes, this is one that's common early in marriage. I think it's kind of cute, funny, whatever. That the bath towel gets left on the bathroom floor. And typically the one of them leaves it there and the other one is not very happy about it. So, I mean, the first time that happens, what happens to the love? When that, you know, that bath towel gets thrown at you out of frustration. <laughs> Yeah, some people have learned to duck. I get that. Yeah. Yes, but as you get older, the ducking gets a little bit harder. That's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah. The, you know, doing the abdominal crunches of the ducking can actually be a workout. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there could be benefits there. Oh, now we're enabling. Uh, now we're just dumping in. All right. So you mentioned here, too, that I see a note here about the five-cylinder intimacy engine, which I remember, right, it's almost a show unto itself. It is. That's right. So we'll do the Reader's Digest version. Okay. I hope I remember. No. <laughs> we may only have three and a half today. Yeah. <laughs> we start with intimacy is driven by five cylinders in marriage, not just one. And, and the thing of it is, most engines will not run on 80% of the cylinders they have, or four out of five, or five out of six. Well, they, they might run but i don't know that i'd want to do the indy 500 in it oh no no that's right and for your trip home scott you no. might want to pack a lunch or two that that would mean a whole that's a whole new phrase to chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> uh, yeah it, and it would be so the first one is recreational doing some sport together and i am always so thankful that kathy and i share golf together she's thankful that we have air hockey together is tennis still in there well, she would like it to be, and the possibility exists that it could be. And there's also an interest in pickleball, which we would do together. So we have recreational, we have mental, where we might talk about things like Kathy and I right now are bouncing around ideas about we're going to, for our anniversary, probably get space shelves in our closet, our walk-in closet. Very practical. Yes. We're also talking about potentially doing something to have more pantry space in the kitchen. Those are mental things that we're talking about, and it's really a good thing. Yeah. So now there's emotional intimacy. And the things that we have been through in the last year, in 2020, with my two surgeries, we both had COVID, it really showed us the emotional cylinder in our marriage about how close we are and how the potential was that we could have lost one another. Right. I'll never forget when Kathy was really sick with COVID and I talked to, called my doctor's office to see, you know, get doctor, doctor's advice about whether or not I should put her in the hospital. And mid-sentence as I'm talking to his nurse, it hits me right between the eyes. I could lose my wife. Well, that nurse was wondering what was going on on the other end of that <laughs> phone because I am crying like crazy. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. That's the emotional bond that we have and, and the, the fact that something could happen. I've known, Kathy, if we go back to when we first met, 55 years ago. 
as it turns out, that never has occurred to me in 55 years that I could lose my wife. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. So that emotional part of the engine is very important to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's the fourth one? Well, that's what we laughingly at Heritage call the bedroom Olympic. Ah, yes. Because it, it gives you all kinds of great word plays. And we probably ought to leave it at that. All right, moving Number five. On. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting warmed up now. Uh, yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. Well, <laughs> it, it, interesting, Scott, cylinder number four and number five are the most intimate in marriage. So the, the most intimate is spiritual intimacy. When a husband and wife pray together, they read the word together, and they have the fruit of the Spirit present, they are focused on, on loving Jesus in their, their marriage, the divorce rate is incredibly low. So we're talking about this five-cylinder intimacy engine, and it sounds like this is a really important cog in the wheel of marriage therapy and counseling and heritage. That's true. Spouses are capable of saying, well, I don't know that we're running on all five. In fact, we're probably running on two or three. Now, is this something you actually run through with a couple? Oh, absolutely. Have you ever had spouses kind of look at each other and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and it kind of just, you, you saw some of the lights click on all of a sudden and realized what they're missing? Well, yeah, in their discussion of what cylinder is working and which one isn't. And if they focus on one that isn't, what inside of that cylinder would help it fire the intimacy of marriage? Let's kind of dive into that one. Let's say that the spiritual cylinder is one of the five that's weak. Okay. How can a married couple add strength to that cylinder? Well, Scott, what I would really encourage is they find their rhythm with some form of a devotional. It could be a marriage devotional. Kathy and I right now are listening to Rick Warren. We go on to, I have it on that app on my phone, and before we get out of bed, uh, unless some, one of us has to be somewhere really early, we'll say to each other, are you ready for Rick? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And so we'll, we'll listen to it. And, and so I would encourage that. I would encourage prayer together. The percentages of couples who stay together when, when they're using that is really good when they're, they're, they're doing both of those. Now, if they are and the marriage is struggling, which is possible, it oftentimes means something else is going on. Something else is happening that hasn't been brought to the light yet. Thank you for bringing that up, Tom, because that's, the thing that I have heard the most, I think, in the last year of the session is the number of times we have talked about bringing things out of the darkness and into the light where Jesus is so that it can be shown for what it is and dealt with. Right. Boy, that is so important. And, and so when we bring it to the light where Jesus is, we can find healing. So with that in mind now, I come to you as a couple, and Tom, we are we are definitely going to do this, finish this next week. I always thought so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, well, let's see, we got through one, two, three out of nine. Yeah, a third of it. Yeah. That's one more so, than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you are a married couple and you're in this love month, and you're, you know, especially guys, as you're thinking through this and going, you know what, there's only three cylinders going in that engine no wonder it's sputtering right yeah and backfiring and all that <laughs> you know sitting down with a counselor would be a very beneficial thing for you and your spouse uh, how can they get a hold of you to chat tom well scott i can be reached at 
888-528-5523. And in Ashland, Tom's number is... There is a phone there. <laughs> there is a phone there. It's sometimes he goes to ringity-dingity. <laughs> yeah, 419-496-0007. Very good. How about that? He got it. Online, right. Tom is at HCC Mansfield and hccashland.com.